and making the mission a great place. Thanks to the bartenders. They're probably all going to get fired tonight because they've been giving shit away all night. Thanks to, John. Thanks to Chad. Chad's moving? What the fuck, Chad? So we eat shit. Yeah. Let's see on that note. Stick around. We have some great music coming up. DJ Sasquatch Barajo is going to play us out until we clear the stage. Then Julie Tomino Club. Stick around, people. Thank you so much. How can you say that? I knew you wouldn't understand. For you, it's all about the rating. Let's go pillage, you say. But we never spent any time working on building our clan. Oh, come on. We need to build a good amount of gold before we can think about putting a down payment on that clan hall. That's always your excuse. I'm done! I'm logging off! Rose disconnects from the server and pushes back from her keyboard. Jack turns around on his uh, swivel chair behind her. Uh, my line. Oh, uh, what the hell, Rose? What? I'm done investing time in that relationship. Oh, fine. World of Warcraft is old anyway. Wait, what are you doing? Rose puts on her VR headset. I'm logging on to VR Second Life. Uh, Jack puts on his VR headset also. VR Jack, I'm leaving you. What? Why? All you ever want to do is have VR sex. So? I need something more. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. George and Steve. How you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, far out. Oh, weekend, huh? Yeah. Yeah, what a weekend. Ooh, weekend painted it green for you and for me, but in different ways, right? 
I would think so, yes. <laughs> George was lucky enough to work uh, all weekend, uh, yeah. which means a nice little paycheck for him. And yeah, they I was threw, lucky enough uh, to... They threw uh, two hours overtime at me on a Thursday as well, so it's double time, double time weekend, baby. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, Angel Man. Um, yeah, he right might be on coming me. on the show tonight, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you never know. The Wheelie King himself. He said, what are, what are we going to do, George? I said, well, Steve's going to be there, too. He's all, oh, fuck that. <laughs> Just like oh, everybody else. Well, doesn't he? Everybody I know says that shit to me. <laughs> Why do you hang out with that guy? I can't picture that. So I don't hang out with him. We just spent two hours together on a Monday night. And that's it. That's kind of our whole friendship. Until <laughs> <laughs> some asshole with a green beard comes up and tries to hug you in the middle of fucking public. What's up, bro? <laughs> just like you, I got a green beard. Where's my green bearded brother? <laughs> See, I walked in a little St. Patty's Day parade weekend uh, and wore a green beard as well as a lovely green, well, hat. What else did I have? Oh, a green shirt on. Yeah. It was a painted beard. Okay, spray paint, yeah. I looked like AstroTurf, though. I got, I got that from more than one person. It looked more like fungus to me. They thought it was impeccable. It's Probably like the best ever. It was like algae. Well... Yeah, it was too. so good. They said, why is Steve trying to fill in for you with the beard, man? What's that all about? I said, sorry, guys. I got to work, and I had to shave, so I don't have a beard. I've got barely any face stubble right now. It's true. Truth. Yeah. Truth. It's true. He's not lying this time. So welcome to FTW on uh, the Mutiny Radio Station. Uh, March 19th show, if you'd like to call in. San Francisco, California. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're down the mission. We're on 21st in Florida. You're more than welcome to come down and visit. Say hey. Hang out, do your thing, do our thing. Do what you want to do. We won't tell you who do, to. Do, do, do what you want to do. Knock it to. <laughs> I got that song on here somewhere. No way. Tonight show? No, do what you want to do. It's oh. Calvin, Calvin Harris, I believe. It's kind of kind of dance music. I can't tell you. Uh, yeah, George does the music on our show, and I do a little thing called The Race Report, and we talk motorcycles, because we are forever two wheels. If you would like to call in... Call us at 415-550-0511. That number again, 65... No, no, we meant 415-550-0511. It would be fun, like, giving them a different phone number every time, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. It would probably cut down the phone calls other than Gail coming in. Calling in, yeah. Wouldn't she be a great interview? You know, Gail, you hardly seem crazy at all. How about some government conspiracies and who are they trying to kill this week? <laughs> uh, she's fucking great <laughs> if for those that don't know gail calls in from time to time and uh is generally pretty far out of her mind kind of deep space is oh, where gail's a, at that's a different do what you want to do she's having oh. some issues <laughs> kind of like george's music choices <laughs> yeah so any motorcycle this weekend george you ride to work or, uh, uh, yeah i rode the harley on yesterday yeah? Yesterday and today, yeah. Because it was raining on Saturday, man. It was coming down pretty good. I didn't get a, get a drop of rain on me during the parade. I managed to dodge it. Did it I rain in the morning or something? Because I didn't see that myself. Um, It was wet. Oh. Oh, Saturday. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Saturday. Your time. first day of double time. I don't remember, dude. You know how the do. Just do what you want to do. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> What's, he wow. right? What's he say right there? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Technically, never, you're right, but it's not the one I Never doubt me again. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Jackass. <laughs> so I did get a, I got an interesting call from my buddy on a Saturday. Do tell. He said, uh, so yeah, with this Ranchero thing, I want out 
He wants out of the program. So the program was that he was going to donate the fucking the engine and the transmission. We were going to slap it in together. We are going to sell it and split the money. All right. I, sh- I showed up with the truck. He had the engine trans. So so we go. Boom, boom. Take the engine out. Um, all of a sudden, things got, yeah. He, well, I'm sure he's having troubles with the house and stuff, and he doesn't want that piece of shit sitting in his fucking driveway all this time. And I've been busy for the last week, so I haven't had a chance to get out there, and he's fucking... He's like, yeah, so I want out on this on this deal, um, but I'll sell you the engine transmission for 600 bucks. Oh, that's not a bad deal. I was like, okay, I'll try to work the money up, you know? And then he called me back like a half hour later, and I didn't answer, but he left me a message that, oh, yeah, you're going to need the exhaust, too, so that's going to be another four bills. <laughs> okay. Is he a regular listener to the show? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's a good dude. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's just turning into more of a mess than I kind of expected, so... We'll see how that goes. Wow, maybe you should get a hold hold of uh, Matt uh, Kenilworth. We'll call him Matt Kenilworth, uh, the the guy that I know that had a rancheroo that unfortunately got wrecked on the way to work one day. You should call him and tell him to come pick this thing up. I don't have his phone number. I did try to get it from Bill. Uh, what's his name the other night? But uh, he did not have it. He did not know the man. Well, that's how it goes. So this is what it is. But yeah, I got to ride the bike, dude. It was like yesterday. It was cold. It was yesterday? Did it rain yesterday? It, uh, I don't believe it did. I really get out too much yesterday. Big recovery day yesterday. I, think I did ride the bike yesterday and today. I don't think I rode it on Saturday. That's right, I didn't. It cost me 20 bucks to park in that open lot. Ah. Chump change, right? Sure. For my pal George, that's just chump change. That's how he rolls. He's big. It's 10 minutes of work on a double time day. <laughs> don't brag to the kids at home, George. It's a lot of money, dude. That's fucking a lot of work, dude. There's some bullshit and fucking big It wasn't too bad, and then I ran into one of my one of the guys at work, and he's like, "Oh, dude, I park over here on the side. The fucking meters don't work on Saturdays." I'm like, "What? <laughs> oh, really? I don't even know about that one. Fuck, that's a good deal. Uh, the one over what? Not Folsom and Third? Yeah, Folsom and Third. That place is usually what fourteen bucks on the weekends. I thought the place underneath the Thai restaurant." There's that one, and then there's one across the street. Uh, or is that the Thai restaurant? The outdoor. Where, the outdoor. Where the Go indoor. Dog Go used to be, wherever it was. Or Hot Dog, or we have the fucking... What Up Dog? What Up Dog, that it. That's it. That's still there. That building? Yeah, that place has a parking garage in it. It does, yeah, but that parking garage sucks. Oh, well, I didn't say it wasn't trick without its tricks. I do the one across the street. I've done that one, but they... Just like That's Paul's Boutique. Ask for Janice when you call there for the best in men's clothing.
Bruna.
Hard Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm
things rolling along and everything and now Oh man, it all drops out Dad, you try Trying to ruin this record, man We'll pay you them long dollars and you know that And now what do you do? You wanna make this sound nice? You're just fessing, man I don't even wanna hear about it You're just fessing That's it, that's it I give up I can't make a record with you guys You guys are a bunch of funky, funky idiots, man I'm out of here, bye Fine, man, just get out of here, man You don't know how to produce a record No, how Just take a walk, man Now we don't even need you here in the studio We do it better ourselves And Bazooty, you're not even helping anyway So you get out of here Whoa, man Right, man, you guys didn't even. Oh, look at this, man. They didn't even turn on the. Oh, man, man. Lots of new boots. 
what that goo goose is doing. Do you choose to chew goo too, sir? If, sir, you, sir, choose to chew, sir, with the goo goose chew, sir, do, sir. Mr. Fox, sir, I won't do it. I can't say it. I won't chew it. Very well, sir. Step this way. We'll find another game to play. Bim comes. Ben comes. Bim brings Ben broom. Ben brings Bim broom. Ben bends Bim's broom. Bim bends Ben's broom. Bim's Ben's. Ben's Ben's. Ben's. Now recite together that famous tongue twister, Fox in Socks. Look, sir, look, sir, Mr. Knox, sir. Let's do tricks with bricks and box, sir. Let's do tricks with chicks and tocks, sir.
Plastic on Mutiny Radio. FM coming to you directly live from the Mission District in sunny San Francisco, California. Once upon a time in the south lived a very big bear with a very big mouth and very big teeth in his very big jaws and very big claws in his very big paws. And this very big bear, who was hungry for meat, one day spied a rabbit that looked good to eat. The bear bent down over the rabbit to grab it. Then just as his jaws were all ready to nab it, the rabbit looked up and he said, Goodness me, it's a rather bad spot for a rabbit to be. I cannot escape, and I see an alliance it's going to find. I just haven't a chance. I am a rabbit with very small jaws and very small paws in my very small paws. I'm finished. Unless I can think of some trick. And that little old rabbit, he thought mighty quick. And just as the teeth of the bear touched his head, the rabbit jumped up on his nose. And he said, One, two, He counted again, and this time he counted from one up to ten. Huh? The bear mumbled. Look here now, he rumbled. What are you counting there? What do you see? Do you mean to say something's the matter with me? The rabbit replied. It is not happy news that I bring you. He sighed. They are not the same number. Almost, but not quite. You have ten on your left. Only nine on your right. I'm sorry, so sorry, my friend. But it's true. It seems that one eye has one eyelash too few. The bear gave a gulp. He felt suddenly sad. One eyelash too few? Is that really so bad? Well, said the rabbit, I've counted the hairs that grow on the eyelids of hundreds of bears. They always add up to an even amount. But yours, Mr. Bear, make an uneven count. I fear that's the reason, old fellow, he said, for the lopsided way that you're holding your head. Shaggy is twisted. Because of the weight of your lopsided lashes, you can't hold it straight. My head, groaned the bear with an unhappy roar. Why, I never knew it was crooked before. But now that you say so, it does feel quite funny. I bet that it hurts you a lot, said the bunny. Your trouble, he said, may be worse than you think. Your lips are quite pale, and they also be pink. Say, ah, uh, how's your throat? Does it feel a bit prickly? It 
does, moaned the bear, and my stomach feels tickly. Poor me, cried the bear. I feel all over sickly. Poor you, sighed the rabbit. It's just as I was. Your trouble is getting much worse every second. Your tongue, Mr. Bear, as it gives Your brain, Mr. Bear, does it feel a bit fuzzy? Why, yes, gasped the bear. It most certainly does. Is that a bad sign, all that fuzz and that was? Very bad, cried the rabbit. Alas and alack, that means that your trouble has spread to your back. As a matter of fact, while I'm standing here speaking, I hear a crunch, crunch from your backbone. It's creaking. Oh, the lack of one eyelash can make you a wreck. The lack of one eyelash can break a bear's neck. It can smash all your ribs. It can ruin your heart. Who knows what might happen? And when that old bear heard the rabbit say that, he shook like a leaf, and he fell right down flat. And he blubbered, Please, rabbit, oh, what can I do? Must I die just because of one eyelash too few? Maybe not, said the rabbit. You're lucky, you see. At this very moment, we have to be right under a zinnigus. said the rabbit. It's free. Just climb up this inexanimate tree and pick yourself one of these wonderful flowers. Then hold it tight over your eye for two hours. If you do, I can promise with scarcely a doubt that the eyelash you're lacking will suddenly sprout. Oh, thanks! cried the bear. You are kind and so good. And he climbed up the tree just as fast as he could. And while the big bear held the flower on his face, the rabbit like lightning got out of that place. And thus he escaped from the very big jaws of the very big bear with the very big claws. And he laughed as he ran on his very small paws. The big ones are never much trouble to me when they're up in a zinnigazanigan tree.
bangs were a little bit long. But he said, your breath is so bad, I was glad it was coming out the back. mistake about four years ago I went to Hollywood to become a big star overnight because I happen to know that's the way it's done <laughs> well those little starlets come on they get ahead so fast you don't think it's talent do you I think I can prove it. I went to a starlet's wedding, and here's this dumb little broad. She has exactly two words to remember, and she's been rehearsing for weeks. <laughs> and she muffed her lines. She said, I did. I wish I had never had the screen test, which I wangled. It was a mess. It was a good picture, though. A Western called uh, Separate Stables. And I had a great line. Everything is happening, and I'm supposed to say they went that way. <laughs> they went nowhere. <laughs> and after my test, that director walked right over to me, and he said, Miss Diller. I have seen bigger lumps in oatmeal. <laughs> I get so bitter, I feel like putting them both together and making one good one. Because <laughs> you know it wouldn't work. Everybody call me Miss Unit. to the Goodyear people. <laughs> They're doing some marvelous work now. They have brought out these fabulous new tubeless ones. <laughs> oh, they're remarkable. You can spring a leak and make it clear home before you're flat. <laughs> I'm sick of running on the rims. I pledge allegiance to the flags of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'm not sure what there is to be said about it. After all, she was only 10 years old. Still, I know no one of us in this town will forget her. For one thing, nothing she ever did was ordinary, not from the first time that we saw her, and that was a year ago. Miss Bobbitt and her mother, they arrived on that same six o'clock bus, the one that comes through from Mobile. 
It happened to be my cousin Billy Bob's birthday, and so most of the children in town were here at our house. We were sprawled on the front porch having tutti frutti and devil cake when the bus stormed around Dead Man's Curve. It was a summer that never rained. Rust and dryness coated everything. Sometimes when a car passed on the road, raised dust would hang in the still air an hour or more. Ann L. said if they didn't pave the highway soon, she was going to move down to the seacoast. She said that for such a long time. Anyway, we were sitting on the porch, tutti frutti melting on our plates, when suddenly, just as we were wishing that something would happen, something did. For out of the red road dust appeared Miss Bobbitt. A wiry little girl in a starched lemon-colored party dress, she sassed along with a grown-up mince, one hand on her hip, the other supporting a spinsterish umbrella. A mother lugging two cardboard valises and a wind-up Victrola trailed in the background. She was a gaunt, shaggy woman with silent eyes and a hungry smile. All the children on the porch had grown so still that when a cone of wasps started humming, the girls did not set up their usual holler. Their attention was too fixed upon the approach of Miss Bobbitt and her mother, who had by now reached the gate. Begging your pardon, called Miss Bobbitt in a voice that was at once silky and childlike, like a pretty piece of ribbon, and immaculately exact, like a movie star or a school mom. But might we speak with the grown-up persons of the house? This, of course, meant Aunt L, and at least to some degree myself. But Billy Bob and all the other boys, no one of whom was over 13, followed down to the gate after us. From their faces, you would have thought they had never seen a girl before, certainly not like Miss Bobbitt. As Aunt Elle said, who ever heard tell of a child wearing makeup? Tangy gave her lips an orange glow. Her hair, rather like a costume wig, was a mass of rosy curls, and her eyes had a knowing pencil tilt. Even so, she had a skinny dignity. She was a lady, and what is more, she looked you in the eye with man-like directness. I'm Miss Lily Jane Bobbitt, Miss Bobbitt from Memphis, Tennessee, she said solemnly. The boys looked down at their toes, and on the porch, Cora McCall, who Billy Bob was courting at the time, led the girls into a fanfare of giggles. Country children, said Miss Bobbitt with an understanding smile, and gave her parasol a saucy whirl. My mother, and this homely woman allowed an abrupt nod to acknowledge herself. My mother and I have taken rooms here. Would you be so kind as to point out the house? It belongs to a Mrs. Sawyer. Why, sure, said Anne L. That's Mrs. Sawyer's right there across the street. The only boarding house around here, it is an old tall dark place with about two dozen lightning rods scattered on the roof. Mrs. Sawyer is scared to death in a thunderstorm. Coloring like an apple, Billy Bob said, Please, ma'am, it being such a hot day and all, wouldn't they rest a spell and have some tutti-frutti? And Aunt El said, Yes, by all means. But Miss Bobbitt shook her head. A very fattening tutti-frutti, but mercy you kindly. And they started across the road, the mother half-dragging her parcels in the dust. Then, and with an earnest expression, Miss Bobbitt turned back. The sunflower yellow of her eyes darkened, and she rolled them slightly sideways, as if trying to remember a poem. 
My mother has a disorder of the tongue, so it is necessary that I speak for her, she announced rapidly and heaved a sigh. My mother is a very fine seamstress. She has made dresses for the society of many cities and towns, including Memphis and Tallahassee. No doubt you have noticed and admired the dress I am wearing. Every stitch of it was hand-sewn by my mother. My mother can copy any pattern, and just recently she won a $75 prize from the Ladies Home Journal. My mother no can also crochet no. it in.
함께 
Expanding the rhymes of sucker and Like a ring 
Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this um, colour is not my usual colour, which is uh, a cholesterol red. Uh, I've never, I've never seen a, a really white person, only a dead one. Uh, but um, I had my normal Caucasian and ruddy hue. I understand I'm a, a Caucasian according to American statistics. I'm, I, I'm a European by promotion, and I'm here tonight to talk to you about James Joyce. Well, now, that are, uh, uh, I suppose that are in this room half a dozen people who could uh, tell you more, tell it to you technically better about James Joyce than I could. Uh, uh, my attitude to Joyce as a writer is, as, uh, is similar to my attitude to Shauna Casey. And my wife said when she was asked here, what did she think of Shauna Casey? She said, what do you think of the Niagara Falls? If I run out of ale, it's Thunderbird wine. Never drinking chicken, eating dress so sly. I got friends in high places that are keeping me high. Dip down, Mike D, and it ain't no hassle. I got the ladies of the East from here to White Castle. Castle, Castle, Castle. Hold it now. It's my holding out, it's my rhyme. MC Adam, y'all getting the place to be. Ah, the girls are on me, cause I'm down with Mike D. I'm down with Mike D, and it ain't no baloney. For real, not phony, I'm eating rice roni. I come out at night, cause I sleep all day. I'm the king at rock, and he's MC Adam. I'm in my car going fast. And just is what I'm using. Around the way is where I'm from. And I'm from Manhattan. I'm not a bum. 